What if Joey Votto was Joey Votto all season long? What if Nick Lodolo was in the rotation for the entire 2023 campaign? What if David Bell was a little less, well, David Bell? Let's talk about it. We're playing the what if game on today's Locked on Reds. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Are Locked On Reds. And my name is Jeff Carr. He is Stephen Offenbaker. And we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. We thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you as Locked On Reds. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every single day. Thank you so much. Uh, for being here with us. And on today's episode, we are the watchers. We see what goes on with the Cincinnati Reds. And yes, you may have known the universe as it is, but there are some things, some moments, some decisions in time that if they change. One minute, one minute 10 seconds. You made it one minute and 10 <laughs> seconds before you took this episode there. <laughs> that was as long as I could go. Yes, we are going to look at some what-if scenarios when it comes to some awesome things. I, the Reds really could have went totally different directions had these what-if scenarios played out. Like Steve said, we're going to dive into those on today's episode. Before we do, though, I wanted to let you know it's brought to you by FanDuel. Today's episode, of course, brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And where we will get started, Steve, is the burning question. And, and, and as reports come out more and more about what the future may hold with the relationship between the Reds and their star player, what if Joey Votto was healthy in 2023? Well, that's big what if. And if it was a healthy, productive Joey Votto, it would have made a lot of difference. I think that uh, it would have made a lot of difference for the outcome of the season. It would have made a lot of difference, I think, to some of these young players uh, to have Joey Votto around all year long. I think that it would have made a difference in the narrative surrounding Joey Votto right now. Uh, it, it would have it would have gone a long way. I think it would have forced. Listen, I know this for sure. It would have forced the Reds to make some very difficult decisions and uh, it would have been a PR nightmare if they didn't make the right decisions. Right. And the first decision that we're talking about, of course, is if Joey Votto was healthy, would the Reds have picked up his option? Would there have been this weirdness? Would there have been the, are they going to buy it out and then try and sign him back? Would they just have picked up the $20 million option? If we're talking about a healthy Joey Votto and remember, Joey Votto was healthy in 2021. He put up quite a good year. Now, could you expect a, a carbon copy of that? Probably not. But in some way, shape, or form, does he, does he have an OPS plus of over 100? Because he finished this year with an OPS plus of 90, which is below league average. And it's interesting to me because this question is compounded by recent reports. In the Inquirer, Gordon Wittenmeyer wrote that the Reds still have no decision on what they're going to do with Joey Votto. Now the deadline is still a few weeks away. It's a couple of days after the world series concludes, but 
Gordon Wittenmeyer reports that both sides are at an impasse as Joey Votto does not like the plan that the Reds have laid out for him as far as playing time and as far as a, a farewell tour of a season. Does all of that go away if he's healthy? I think it does. Well, healthy and productive. And listen, I know I said 90 when we were doing our show prep, but uh, I misspoke. It's actually 99. He was 1% okay, below so the average. What, he was right there. 1% below league average in 65 games. In those 65 games, he hit 14 home runs. If we go back to 2021, in 119 games, he put up 36 home runs with one arm. So... I have to wonder if Joey Votto had been healthy at the start of 2023 and been able to hit 20, 25 home runs, giving you an OPS plus of let's let's call it 110 to 115. I, I think that would have been the max you could have. I, I just I have a hard time seeing 40 year old Joey Votto crack more than being 15 percent. I mean, you know, it's Joey Votto, but still. So all of those things happen. I think he almost forces the Reds in that scenario to pick up that option. And boy, would the comment sections be on fire if <laughs> the Reds picked up Joey Votto's $20 million option. Oh, my God. We might break YouTube's comment section. Uh, Elon would shut down X because it couldn't handle the bandwidth. It would be a whole thing. But but yeah, the, the, the short answer that after that long-winded uh, talk there, Jeff, is yes. Uh, that Joey Votto forces the Reds to pick up his option. And it's funny. I, you're right. I feel the disturbance in the force. The comment section's already on fire. Um, I also wonder then, you, you talk about a 110, 115, and he's a healthy Joey Votto. What would CES's role have been on this team? He was ready to be called up, but it really felt like the moment he called up, he became the everyday first baseman. And if, if Joey Votto's healthy at that point, I don't think you can play CES every day over a healthy Joey Votto. It would have had an impact. Listen, Nick crawl didn't call up any one of these young players to sit. They were all called right. up to play and they were all called up to fill a need. Now the red situation was that, was there still a need that you could have brought CES up and played him mostly every day somewhere designated hitter third base? Probably. I mean, we saw Nick Senzel at third base a fair bit. Yes, we, we saw did. we saw a lot of scooting around at that third base position. So between DH and third base, I think you still might have seen it happen. It may have happened a little bit later. It may have looked more like Noel V. Marte's call-up than it did the CES call-up. But I think we still would have seen him in 2023. His role would have been slightly different, though. And I get this, and this is where, you know, we talk about, I mean, CES is the heir apparent now. He is going to take over first base as we move forward. And it's all because Joey just kind of allowed that to happen because he wasn't healthy. He didn't necessarily get Wally pipped, but, you know, it, it was the kind of thing that CES was ready to go. Joey wasn't ready to go. That's what we were looking at here. And had Joey been healthy all year, you get a 110-115 OPS plus season out of him, then you're still talking about, okay, well, maybe he starts to, you know, seed some playing time at first base next year, but you're not talking about part-time. That's really what we're looking at in these negotiations as to whether or whether or not the Reds are going to bring him back. He's going to be part-time. He's going to play mostly DH. I, I venture to say that you could probably see an 80-20 split in an ideal situation, DH to first base for Joey Votto next season, and that's even only playing probably 80 or 90 games because, number one, 
we know that as far as health goes, this is the biggest what if with Joey Votto, because at this point in his career, healthy doesn't necessarily mean 162 games healthy. It shouldn't. And, it shouldn't mean it no. shouldn't mean 162 games. No. And, and so with all of that, Joey still thinks he can do that. And I, I, I think the biggest hang up for anyone right now would be looking at what he's gone through the last two years. If he's completely healthy plays from opening day through, you know, whatever that looks like throughout the season, then I don't think there's as much of a question mark surrounding that. You know, there's another little piece of this, Jeff, and, and I, I failed to mention it when we were doing our rundown setting up for the show. So surprise, I know you love this, but looking at this article in the inquirer, we almost never get articles like this in the Inquirer. We almost stuff. never get the behind the scenes, you know, sausage making that goes on in the Inquirer. And I don't think this article favors the Reds. So you have to ask yourself, where did this come from? And it feels like, if you squint just a little bit, you can see Joey Votto having a conversation with the inquirer with Gordon to maybe put a little pressure on the reds to, to rethink their stance. Well, and, and, and let's not, you know, let's not, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like Joey's got every right to do this because it's going to look as though Joey is forcing their hand and throwing the ball back to them. And, you know, it's, it's going to be some, it's going to be a little bit of this, a little bit of that in the negotiation process. Joey Votto has spent his entire career here. Joey Votto has spent his entire career hearing that he's the reason that the reds aren't good, that he is the, the, the financial, just albatross that is surrounding this front office and keeping them from going out and getting the pieces that they need. So now and that's a hot and that's a hot dumpster fire take, by the way, uh, that's yeah, always no, it's, been, it's that's completely always wrong. Been, yeah. Always been wrong. It's, it's completely wrong, but that's what he has been hearing. So he knows that there is still the ability for someone to go out there and make him look like the bad guy, which he, he absolutely isn't. So yeah, I could totally see him getting out ahead of this and doing and kind of playing that. But look, the the point is here. The biggest question of being, he wasn't healthy. Had he been healthy, how much different would things have looked, and how much more would we have, con you know, questioned his role in twenty twenty four? I think you could. I think it's very fair to say it really wouldn't have been that much of a question. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, listen, Joey's not the only one that could have impacted the 2023 outcome. Nick Lodolo was supposed to be ace 1B. Uh, it was supposed to be a toss-up between Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green uh, for the Reds' ace of the rotation in 2023. So coming up, we're going to ask the question, what if he had been around all season long? Uh, you can bet the Reds' rotation would have been a lot better. And if you like to bet, I want to direct you over to the sponsor of today's podcast, fan duel october baseball is back baby and listen nick cassianos is doing a thing I, I we my goodness he is so much fun the phillies are so much fun and if you want to get in on a little bit of that action you can make your postseason betting debut with FanDuel, america's number one sports book join FanDuel today and they'll get you started with 200 dollars in bonus bets back guaranteed uh, after you just place your first five dollar bet 
Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Uh, then you get into the action uh, from first pitch until the final out. You can bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. Money lines. Uh, you can take player props. You can do all of the things to make the postseason all that more exciting. And it's been an exciting postseason. Um, I tell you, uh, it's been fun. Baseball has been fun this postseason. Uh, if you don't want to wait for the whole game to get the W, you can predict what will happen in the next at bat with quick bets. Uh, it's going to help keep you involved every single pitch, every single at bat. You can check out tonight's game between the Rangers and the Astros. The Rangers are up 2-0, by the way. Max Scherzer is back on the mound. It's going to be fun. Playoff baseball, baby. October rules. FanDuel has the Rangers money line, Jeff, at negative 132. So head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. You can join Jeff on the Locked on Reds Insider subtext text to chain where you get breaking news, the inside scoop and exclusive content delivered right to your phone. Plus you can have one-on-one -on -one conversations with Jeff via text. Uh, Jeff's excited to be part of the locked on insiders network there. You can join locked on reds insiders now and be in the know all the time. Just text go reds to 513-597-0944 or follow the link in the show description down below of today's episode to get started today. Thanks for always making Locked on Red your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on our next episode, Jeff. Tell the people what they're going to get. We are going to ask the question, who stays and who goes? Should we stay or should we go now? From the Cincinnati Reds bullpen. It's going to be a fun episode in which Steve will smile just as he is right now as he, he watched me do a little jig as I tried to sing as well. So Ooh. that was a lot of fun. Wow. <laughs> well, listen, all right. We talked about Joey Votto and the impact that a healthy Joey Votto would have had on 2023 and what a narrative changer it would have been. Yes. I think that's very similar type conversation we can have about Nick Lodolo because if Nick Lodolo had been – healthy his entire sophomore season let's just say 25 to 32 starts you know a, a basic full major league starting pitcher season it, it would have been a much better pitching staff it would have been a much better outcome for the bullpen if Nick Lodolo had been around let's even take it back a little bit further than that not even 25 32 let's say what he did his rookie season, 19, we'll say 19 starts that Nick Lodolo provided. And let's not even assume that he gets better. Let's say he stays exactly the same. He did exactly what he did his rookie season. If he were healthy in 2023, that was 19 starts. Just to remind you how good Nick Lodolo was 19 starts, 3.6 ERA. He had 11 and a half, almost strikeouts per nine. And he had about three and a half walks per nine. He averaged just under five and two thirds innings per start, which we'll talk about in a minute, why that would have been so significant. But those 19 starts, um, I, I think that the Reds did all that they could to fill them. They did what they had and they used who they got. Carson Spires, Lion Richardson, Levi Stout, Brett Kennedy, Connor Phillips, TJ Antone, and Derek Law never start a game in this what if scenario. If they pitch, they pitch out of the bullpen. But these guys don't make the starts that they had to make. Let's let's extrapolate this a little bit as we watch and we see 
how things would have changed, how decisions would have affected things, and how Nick Lodolo being healthy would have kept those guys from pitching. Well, I mean, when you look at the numbers that they put up, Jeff, I mean, and, and you did a good job here of pulling this together, that group of pitchers that you just named in those starts had an ERA of 7.48 and an average outing duration of three and a third inning in those 19 starts. Yeah. I mean, a healthy Nicoladolo, I want to say that we don't see any of these TJ and that we don't see any of the Derek Law and TJ Antone starts. We can eliminate that bullpen day. And I imagine the the Levi Stout Carson Spire starts go away. That's another four yes. starts. Uh given the other situations that occurred in the bullpen between Hunter Green going down and COVID and all the other stuff, you probably still would have seen a little bit of Brett Kennedy. We still may have seen Connor Phillips towards the end of the season, but maybe not for five starts. So it would have truly been impactful to have Nick Lodolo around for those starts because I, I'm, I mean, you can check my math here, but I think 3.66 ERA is better than 7.48 ERA. I mean, I know, I know the numbers are hard, but I think that's better. Yeah, it's just like golf. You want the lower number, and, and that's the that's lower right. number. So that that's, yeah, the 3.66, and you go back to him averaging five and two-thirds innings per start as opposed to three and a third. That's seven more outs that the bullpen just doesn't have to worry about. And we talked about that a lot this year of how many outs and how many pitches and how much the bullpen had to throw, which – Again, we'll get to here in just a minute for another what if. But th this whole group, the 19 starts that they provided, the Reds were 10 and 9. This is another, this is just another like wild stat. The 7.48 ERA and 19 starts, the Reds were still above 500 in those 19 games. They were 10 and 9 in those 19 starts, which just is a huge testament to what the bullpen did behind those guys and what the lineup did to support these guys because. You add in this group of pitchers for 19 starts and Luke Weaver for 21 Oops. starts, and the Reds were still somehow above 500 in those scenarios. It just it, it blows my mind. Yeah, and we talk about Luke Weaver, that lineup, and that's a great point. What the lineup um, more often than not did to keep the Reds at least in games, you know, they didn't always come back and win all of these train wreck starts, but you know, they kept things interesting and you talk about Luke Weaver, but there were, I recall starts where they did that for Connor Overton. I recall starts where they did that for Luis Sessa. I think you and I were at a game where they did that for Luis Sessa. <laughs> yes, so, you know, that, that lineup, I just, you know, there was a lot of wasted opportunity with the way that the, the dominoes fell and the, the way that this pitching staff had to be handled. And we're going to get into the, the bullpen side of it here coming up in the next segment. But this starting group, man, I mean, talk about running a rotation on, on bubble gum and band-aids to hold it together. There's if, if ever you needed an example, if you needed a season and a moment in time, a snapshot of baseball to point to and say, here's what happens when everything that can go wrong goes wrong. You point at the 2023 Cincinnati Reds starting rotation, and, and that can be your little picture in the dictionary next to uh, rotation train wreck. And it just goes to show you, too, like you don't need the starting rotation to be miles and miles better because even as bad as they were, the Reds were still an above 500 ball club. Like if this is just an average starting rotation next year, which I think is firmly within the ability of this team to do, then 90 wins. Team. Yeah, 90 wins. 90 wins. They might win the division. They might win a playoff series. Who knows? Like, I, I think it's very possible, and Nick Lodolo being healthy, 
will be a huge reason for that. You know, speaking of the whole pitching idea, starting pitcher longevity was a huge problem all season long. What if that wasn't the case, though? Look into why and and, and what might have happened coming up next. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors because today's episode is brought to you in part by the most comfortable pair of shorts or pants that you will ever own. And that's bird dogs. Seriously, I have never had a pair of shorts or definitely a pair of pants. Pants just aren't that comfortable. Bird dogs are because they fit good. They look good and they're super comfortable. They have this great thing called cloud knit fabric that they use to craft all their masterpieces. Does that sound amazing? Cloud knit fabric. You will look good and you will feel good. Both the shorts and the pants look like you could go out on a date wearing them, but they'll feel just as comfortable as something that you could relax around the house in. Other companies try this, but bird dogs succeeds. Go get the most comfortable pair of shorts or pants that you will ever own at birddogs.com and go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter the promo code locked on MLB at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. This thing's great. Fits in all the cup holders, holds a lot of great water, you know, keeps you hydrated while you're staying comfortable in your bird dogs. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. In between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's. You can also join the Lockdown Reds Discord community. Got a link down in the chat there as well. Uh, and we've got a goofy thing going on with my TikTok. It's at Jeff Carr with three F's as well. Uh, come oh, breaking news. Breaking news on the Jeff Carr TikTok, ladies and gentlemen. I, I mentioned that should we get a thousand followers on Jeff Carr's TikTok, and it's the same handle at Jeff Carr, Jeff with three F's. A uh, thousand followers over there. Jeff is going to do a fry box flash mob where he dances down the concourse at Great American Ballpark. Uh, I mentioned dancing. Not down the concourse. No, no, no. We're doing we're it right now. Adding here. What was, what no. was this? And and. To, to, to solidify this thing, we've heard from uh, your fellow season ticket group member, Dave Pemberton, uh, out there on X. Make sure you're following Jeff and I over there because uh, he is in and he has some ideas for the flash mob. Uh, this thing's going down. So everyone head over to TikTok right now and subscribe. Click the click the follow button on at Jeff Carr, Jeff with three Fs on TikTok. We're going to do this thing. Next thing you know, I'm going to be dancing between Great American and and, and Paycor. This is just going to be ridiculous. All right, let's get back into watching. Idea you've ever had, because we've talked about the health. We talked about what if these players were not hurt. Let's look at a decision or multiple decisions, lots of decisions that David Bell made. Because what if David Bell had trusted his starting pitchers? just a little bit more. You and I have talked about this to great length throughout the season that, that there were times we really felt like he just needed to trust his guy and yes. let the, let the pitcher battle for a minute. And you know, were there times he needed to go hook a dude? Oh, absolutely. Especially yes. when we're talking about Luke Weaver and Sessa and Overton and, and those guys, but, but talking about really the five big dogs, as far as, you know, 
pitchers you would expect to be around in this rotation for quite some time. So I looked at Ashcraft, Green, Lodolo, Abbott, and Williamson. And I know Lodolo is a small sample size, but I included him anyway. And, and the average outing, and you just look at what David Bell allowed these pitchers to do. On the season, Graham Ashcraft averaged per start five and two-thirds innings. Hunter Green, five and a third. Nick Lodolo, in his small sample size, four and two-thirds. He didn't even average five innings in those starts. Now, I know a few of them were bad. I know his ERA was inflated, but still, early in the season, when that was going down, you let that guy battle a little bit. Andrew Abbott, as good as he was, his average outing, five and two-thirds. And then Brandon Williamson, who you and I have been in firm belief, gets the hook way too early, way too often, barely managed five and a third inning, and that was rounding up just a skosh when, when I did the math that's on his kind of it was a little bit less than five and a third. Uh, that's yeah. because he had a couple really good long outings that, that yes. were outliers that skewed the, that skewed that total. Uh, if I, if I threw out the, let's say if I threw out the two highest and the two lowest, I bet you he barely gets to five on, on average outing because you know, David Bell was quick with the hook on him. I think more than anybody else. And, and this is, and this is where it really comes into play, Jeff. Cause I know you've heard me say a lot of times, that I'm a firm believer if you can save appearances early in the season to use later in the back end of the season and guys aren't yeah. as tired. And then I know that doesn't quite equate, but it does in that we saw a bullpen that was just absolutely gassed for the last two weeks of the season. And if you could have saved five or six outings for each of those guys by, by letting the starters eat another inning per outing, I think it would have made a huge difference heading into the final two, three weeks of the season where the Reds needed every, just everything to go their way. A thousand percent. And, and, and what we're talking here is like the taxation that they put on this bullpen. Ian Jubot, 74 appearances, more than double his previous career best in a season. He had 34. That's not even, yeah, not more than double. Alexis Diaz, 71 appearances up from 59 a year ago. And it's just his second year in the majors. Buck Farmer, 71 appearances. It's his second most. He actually had a season where he pitched more than that. It was for the Tigers in 2019. But then Lucas Sims, 67 appearances. He he eclipsed his career best in a year by 20. I, I just I really think that at the end of a year. And we talked about this before guys have like this threshold that they kind of expect. And maybe even, you know, the, this kind of area of performance where they're just like, okay, I could probably stretch and get to that. You know, we, we talked about this with Tyler Stevens. How many games do you think you can catch? Well, how many games do you think a guy can pitch? And we really pushed it with most of these guys this year. And I think had we done the thing where you bank some of those, maybe even take some of those off the box score altogether, then they pitch a lot better in September. I'll be interested when we have a friend of the podcast, Lucas Sims on, I would love to talk to him about how he felt those last 10 outings, you know, yes. 20 games more than his previous high coming off of a pretty significant injury. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's a monumental ask of a pitcher to, to ask him to throw 20 games more than his previous high ever coming off of an injury like that. Um, I, I would love to pick Lucas's brain a little bit about how he was feeling during that time, how his arm was feeling, what he was thinking as all that was going down. I, I mean, and Ian Jabot, Ian, I, listen, <laughs> Ian Jabot, more than double, 74 outings. I mean, 
that's that's something. And I wonder what the long-term impact of that usage is where, you know, Buck Farmer's done it before. So seemingly he'll be okay. Uh, Alexis Diaz, that jump from 59 to 71, you know, 11 games, 12 games. I think that's okay. I don't think there'll be a long-term impact there. 71's a lot of games, but I think he'll be okay. Uh, I'm I'm worried about the impact on Ian Jabot and Lucas Sims' arms, though. Th- those are dramatic, uh, dramatic increases in in wear and tear for yeah, and- a couple of pitchers. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how things work when they start to fire it back up in February. I, it's going to be something to pay attention to. That by itself almost makes me wonder the the Jabot number. Like, did we miss him on our most surprising players list? Because it's surprising that you see a pitcher go from thirty four to seventy four for his for his highest appearances. I mean, and, and and to be honest with you, yeah, there were a few games where Ian Jabot was very annoying, but for the most part, he was a solid pitcher and he did not have these blow ups that we saw a year ago. Like there, there were some bad outings that he had in 2022. He didn't really have a ton of those in 2023, but to see all of those numbers, it just goes back to asking. And, and yes, there are analytics that say, and I know there's probably some analytics folks that are screaming right now. Like you don't let guys go through a third time in the order, but I think there's got to be a reassessment of starting pitching because bullpens cannot sustain this year over year. I want to uh, just one more point on Ian Jabot. Since he came to Cincinnati, this is very interesting, Jeff. Since he came to Cincinnati, his first year in Cincinnati, they more than doubled his previous number of games in a season. And then the following year, 2023, they more than doubled it again. <laughs> so his previous high before coming to the Reds was 14 games in a season. His first season in Cincinnati, he pitched in 33, and he had an appearance in Cleveland that year as well. So that gave him a total of 34. Uh, And then he went from 34 to 74. So next year, so next year he's going to pitch in every game. I think is (laughs) the direction that David Bell's going with. 150 appearances. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I just think like, do you remember like pirates of the Caribbean and the whole like Davy Jones ship? And he had those guys that were just like lifetime or, you know, after lifetime servitude to him that just would row, make the ship mm-hmm. go faster. Yeah. Like, some, like obviously the Reds bullpen was not that bad of working conditions, but that's what it felt like. It felt like they're just like, yep, just keep rowing, dude. I know you're about to fall over on your oar, but we got to keep this thing going and you got to go out and pitch again, like figure out how to get that, that arm loose and go out there and throw some more pitches. Like at some point in time, I'm sure David Bell leaned in and said, don't worry. You have another arm. You yeah. Know? <laughs> we can It'll be fine. Them. <laughs> yes, um, that that. But it's it's key. Like it's it's clear. Like it, next year, David Bell's got to manage in a way. He's got to be able to bank some of these bullpen outings and some of these appearances earlier in the season, so that when we hit that playoff stretch run, we're ready to go, and he can make that difference there in the end with some arms that, all right, right they're not like fresh, but they're also not dead. Well, there's still life in them. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the key. They still can throw the ball. Uh, and, yeah. and, and I think it can happen and I think it's possible. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the more we talk about 
2024, the more excited I get, Jeff. And I think that will be a good spot to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Reds. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Everydayers, coming up on tomorrow's show, we are going to look at I'm not singing like Jeff did or doing a jig, but we will be looking at who stays and who goes as far as the Reds bullpen in 2024. Jeff, tell the folks what they get when they subscribe and listen to Locked on Reds. You will get an everyday look at your favorite Cincinnati Reds team as we get ready for the 2024 season. We'll be looking back on the season that was. And as we close out this look into what could have been the decisions that could have been made and the situations that could have been different. We return to reality because we will be locked on reds every single day. I was really waiting for you to like put on a comic book costume. I was trying to figure out how to get that, that helmet that he had.